Welcome to Whānau Māramā New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series for 2020. This podcast is a recording of the Q&A following the world premiere screening of The Girl on the Bridge at ASB Waterfront Theatre in Auckland on Saturday 25th of July. Director Leanne Pooley and Jazz Thornton are in conversation with Martin Raybarts. You never forget. Um, this is the second time I've seen it. I'm emotional again. <laughs> Jazz, you are an extraordinary human being. Um, when I, I'm going to try and be, keep it to the film for a bit, okay? When Leanne approached you, or you, you, through your producers, because you share the same producers, Cass and Alex, who are here today, amazing human beings. <laughs> And you were already taking on this really big task. You'd sort of won the pitch and you're at film school and you're gonna make this first great amazing thing, honoring Jessica. And someone said, oh, I wanna make a film about this process. What possessed you to say yes? It's like, didn't you have enough on your plate or did you know it was gonna like, be such a journey for you as well in front of the camera? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think when, when it was initially pitched to me um, to have Leanne and, and the team follow me, uh, I'm pretty sure I said no to start off with because it was terrifying. I was, you know, term two of film school and having someone like Leanne, who was an award-winning director, watch me direct my very first thing was terrifying in itself. Um, but I, I remember just kind of thinking, you know, if this can help just one person, then it's worth it. It's worth, you know, having the cameras there all the time, and they really were there, as you saw at the end shot when they were in the corner of my bedroom. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I'm, I'm now so thankful that I did because we've, you know, begun to kind of see the impact that it has had. That's fantastic, and the, there will be more impact. It's going to ripple out from here tonight, and we're showing the film down the country, and then it's online. So this film is reaching out to people across the country, in their homes, in cinemas, in theatres. So. That, that, that ripple effect has started right now. Um, did you know that the journey that would be covered by, by Leanne's documentary would be such a, a deep one? Because you, you grew, you changed. We, we grew and changed with you in, in the years that that film was being made. Did you know it was going to be so much about you changing as well? Absolutely not. Um, I think the very first time that I saw the film, um, which wasn't until they had done, you know, probably the third cut or something, um, was the first time that I realised the process that I had went through. I thought it was just going to be, you know, me making the show and, and that was it. Um, and I didn't realise that I, over those, you know, two and a half years, had gone on this journey of um, trying to understand that it isn't my job to save people. And, you know, I get frustrated at myself watching that now, being like, Jazz, you can't do that. You can't be that person for every single person in the universe. Um, and so I had no idea what the journey was going to be um, at all, no. In, in a way, I, I, I'm going to just jump in and say, it could have been the best thing that happened to you because you had these incredible women. It's, all, it's a real woman film. Um, these women producers, uh, Leanne. And, and Mel, the counsellor who came in and sort of tried to put the brakes on some of you, um, it was like you, you were making your film about Jessica, your web series, and a film was being made about you, but suddenly you were wrapped around with a lot of care and support. Um, Mel, you, you, you 
play this reading. I, I love when you come into the film because I, I think you start to voice some of the concerns of the audience, like of me when I was watching this. Oh, thank God, someone's saying that. Um, <laughs> how did you come to be part of the project? Um, so I work for the National Telehealth Service, um, which 1737 is, a, is one of our services that we offer. And uh, Jazz and Jen got in touch with us um, to do with Voices of Hope, really, and began to kind of have a, have a professional relationship and, and a personal relationship with Jazz and Jen also. Um, I had some concerns quite early on when I met Jazz about keeping her safe and well so that she can do the work that she wants to do and she's passionate you know, about doing. Um, and as I got to know Jazz, she kind of opened up a, a bit more to me about actually what she was having to deal with on a daily ba basis, 24-7. And, um, you know, what you saw in, in, in the film is only a s kind of a small conversation we had. We had lots of other conversations. Um, and, and I think, you know, I've seen this quite a lot of times with mental health advocates who, because of their lived experience and because of the way that they are just able to connect with people because of their lived experience um, in a way that, that often counsellors and therapists can't, um, also then becomes quite a burden on them. And I think um, as counsellors, we have enforced boundaries because of our professional registrations and our training. As mental health advocates, they have to be the ones that put those boundaries in themselves. And for someone who has struggled through mental health um, challenges, boundaries is often not a thing that is quite easy for them. And so I have to say that over the last probably three years, I've seen Jazz put those boundaries in place. She's been so well supported by the team. She's been um, throughout the film, uh, you know, she was provided with a psychologist. She has really gotten to a point in her life where she does put those boundaries in place. And um, she's, you know, an amazing woman, very proud of her. She is an amazing woman, and, and we learn so much through Jazz's journey, but also the, you know, the, the things we learn about appropriate responses. Thank you for those gifts of knowledge that we don't necessarily all have. Um, learning about boundaries. Boundaries are some of the greatest tools we can all use in our lives, I think. So it's, 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 a, it's a film that I think once you've seen it, you know something about the human condition, about who you are at the end of it that you didn't know before. And I think those are some of the most profound cinematic experiences. So Leanne, you have shaped this piece of work that gives you know, your audience this, this, this gift of knowledge, of understanding something more deeply. Um, what was it that brought you to the story? How did you hear about Jazz making Jessica's tree? And how did, how did you come into this mix? Because it is that film within a film. Sure. So Cass and Alex, who also, as you know, are in the film and didn't really realise they were going to be in every practically scene. So their trust and their courage for being on screen all the time, too, can't be underestimated because they definitely could have said no. <laughs> they were in charge. But um, they approached me. <laughs> they approached me when uh, they were beginning with jazz on the web series. And because Jazz hadn't made a long-form thing before, they thought she might need uh, a little bit of mentoring. And so at the very, very, very first meeting within, you know, 
seconds, practically, if not min maybe minutes of being there, I just thought, no, I don't want to help with the web series. I think there's going to be a film and the journey that Jazz will have to go on to make the web series. I was also interested in the conversations I thought might happen around the web series about what you can say, what you can't say, why you can say this, why you can't say that. I was interested in that subject matter. So I just sort of said, no, 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 I want to make a movie. <laughs> like your filmmaker gene kicked in. It was like, it was that quick. I was, I was watching you again, Jazz, because I, as we've met before as well, and we talk, and I was looking at the power that you have as a communicator. When you're doing your TED talk, I am just in awe. You know, I do this stuff, and here I am, a festival director. Um, you could turn that power, that community, you're, you're, you're like supreme communicator. You, you have an idea, you know how to share it, you know how to bring us close to the idea, you know how to, if you like, sell the idea. Um, you know, you could be running this festival. <laughs> you, this is, you, you, you have that kind of a, you, you, I feel that in you. Um, is, is, do, do you feel that power now? Is it something that you really kind of like go, yeah, let me do this, let me, let me change the world. I know you do from what you do in the film. But do you have uh, interests out, you know, other things you'd like to change, other things you'd like to figure out, the, make the world figure out? Because <laughs> I'd love to have you, you know, have <laughs> you convince me. Oh, I think there's, there's many things that I look at and there's so much injustice that um, overwhelms me that, you know, I, I want to be a part of um, solving. But I think that... Honestly, um, a lot of what you see, and I'm really glad that I did choose to do this film because I do, you know, when I'm on stage, when I'm on uh, TV or doing any of these things, you see one side of me, which is the confident and able to communicate, but then there's the whole other side that gets really nervous <laughs> and that is, you know, is trying to juggle this. And so I think, um, I think that I don't, I don't necessarily feel the, the pressure to cr uh, try and create change, but I, I feel the... Uh, the uh, I don't even know the word, but um, I, I want to. I, I'm so determined to be a part of, of the change. I don't know what it is, what, what's next. Um, do do yeah. you feel like you're connected to a generation? Like you're a, you're, you are of a certain generation that is really pissed off with what's been put in, put in their hands from us, you know, out my generation, people older than you. Uh, do, you, do, you share, do you think you share that with, with in a generational way, that kind of rage? <laughs> I think I, you know, there was a, a moment there in the film that I did. Um, I think now, though, that I have, I have uh, got to know people, you know, like Mao and people and, and that are working in the systems and knowing um, how incredibly hard they are working and, and the hearts behind the, the work that they do. There's definitely a part of me that, um, in regards to the subject matter, I, I get enraged and I get mad when things don't work. Um, and I think that's definitely, you know, the millennial side of me and I will fight it. As you say, I, will, I don't care what people say. I don't care if it's wrong. You know, I don't care if there's lockdowns on or whatever. I will, I will fight for it, um, which I think is, yeah, Gen Z, millennial, so probably. When you watch, when <laughs> Great. You watch, when you watch Jazz Connect, too, I mean, we can't show all of those talks, but, you know, the one where she goes to the school who had just lost someone. When you're in the room with Jazz, watching her connect to young people, it is something otherworldly. And it's partly because she listens rather than tells them what, you know, that the, the, the young man that came up to, to Jazz after she spoke at the school, I didn't see Jazz say a great deal, you know, she just let him speak. So j somewhere along the way, Jazz worked out that connecting and communicating isn't always about making noise. 
and, and it's a really amazing thing to watch her engage with an audience, but also with individuals. So, you know, it's inspiring. Leanne, since you're, you, you, um, as you, 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 you all navigate what is a very tender territory throughout the film, uh, you and Alex and Cass, who I mentioned, was there ever a moment you thought maybe we should pull back, maybe we should just let Jazz get on with making her film and remain supportive, remain close to her? Was there ever a moment of, of, of doubting whether, like, adding another camera I don't was think I ever wanted to stop, no. <laughs> no I, don't, I don't know if Jazz felt I that. on the other hand. <laughs> I think all through I thought what we were capturing would be valuable. And just those conversations around the table about why telling someone they'll be okay is, is not the right thing necessarily to say. Just all the little bits of information I was learning. I learned so much watching jazz, talking to jazz, listening with jazz, and being present for those conversations that I couldn't help thinking that other people would learn something. For sure, too. absolutely. Mel, were, were you a consultant on the film? Be, be <laughs> you can have mine. Uh, were you a consultant in a way just looking at the overall arc of, of messaging and information that was coming through the final cut? Um, so no, but I was involved in some of the pre-screenings of the film and, um, you know, Jazz and, and Leanne and Cass and Alex, you know, would, would ask um, me and some of my team about what we thought about some of the things and the way that they were portrayed in the film. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, um, there will be probably some people who find some of the topics or the way that things are uh, expressed in the films confronting, um, maybe pe professionals even, but I just think, you know, what we've been doing is not working. And it's quite clear every year when the suicide statistics come out. Um, and I think, yes, some of, the, some of the things in the film may be confronting and maybe not kind of, uh, may make some people feel uncomfortable, but let's get uncomfortable let's because be think, we need to. I think uncomfortable in this space, yeah. And it might be worth mentioning that with that in mind, that um, Cass and Alex and, and Jazz, have, and I haven't had much to do with this at all, have, have wrapped the film up in other elements to be there for you. So on the film's website, um, thegirlonthebridgefilm.com. Dot <laughs> com or dot co dot nz, one <laughs> the of them. The Girl on the Bridge, thank you. Dot com. <laughs> Thegirlonthebridgefilm.com. There is all this there's more material, there's information, there's interviews with professionals. The, the, the team has worked really hard to make sure this film has impact beyond today, that it goes forward and addresses things that need addressing. And, and they really, and there's cards when you leave today, I mentioned before, with, mm. where you can get more information. So there's a real acceptance that this is difficult. And, and there are these little badges, which I've had 1737. On here, which say 1737. <laughs> so you can wear one of those and someone can look at it and go, what's that about? So you can, it can actually trigger a conversation. I think you said something, everyone's been impacted by this film. Who's sitting here? Most times people see a film for the Q&A, the place half empties, you're all here. Um, what do we do with that 
being touched so deeply? What, what are the things that we're getting wrong that we should be doing differently? Mel, I'm going to put well, that to you. I'll talk about the things that we can do right. Yeah, yeah? great. Um, right, yeah, so let's keep it positive. <laughs> I think I think this this film provides an opportunity for us to to talk with each other, with our whanau, with our friends, with our colleagues, and it opens up a discussion about mental health. You know, what we've seen on one seven three seven over the last three years is an increase in demand. You know, when we started the line in um, in uh, two thousand seventeen, we were getting one hundred and seventy contacts a day. This year, we're averaging just under 400 contacts a day. That's not a bad thing, though. You know, I think we can look at it as, in, well, oh my gosh, well, those people needing help. But I look at it as, oh, my gosh, those people are reaching out for help. And that's a fantastic thing. And I would say to everyone um, who has seen this film, talk to one person about it and encourage another person to to watch the film or to go onto the social or onto the onto the website there's really um, really awesome information on there for people who are struggling who need help the biggest thing I can say to people is just um, talk to someone and if that person that you choose to talk to for the first time isn't supportive or, or isn't um, able to support you try again and whether that's by texting or calling 1737, whether that's talking to your teacher, talking to a counsellor, talking to a friend. Don't message Jazz, by the way. She's not allowed to answer those. Um, there, are, there are a lot of places where you can get support. And there, yes, there are things that we haven't been doing right. But I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in the last few years is that people are reaching out for help and people are talking about mental health. This, this film is, is the pure example of that. So um, there are places you can get support and help, Just you just need to reach out and ask for it. One of the interesting things is when we started this, it was actually called the silence film. And we called it that because we wanted to try and address the silence that was sort of around mental health. Over the course of three years, we decided it's not so silent anymore. We are, we are, we have made progress, and and so the name of the film changed. I think it's a better name anyway, but you know, it did change. So the progress is happening down to the work of lots of different people. Which is that's fantastic to hear and to know that that at three years is not that short a time for sort of something to shift in society. Um, in the film, you charted uh, Jazz's journey. But then we get to meet Alex and Cass, and we see you in the film. Did how? What was? Were, were there things that shifted with with each of you? I wish you guys were. Down. Where are you, Alex? Cass? They're way, up there. They're way up there. Okay, you're kind of cast and crew. Hi. Um, you know, were there any moments of sort of understanding or realization or changes that that, that came for for any of you along the way as well? Because we've seen the this you know the main character's journey constantly. You know, constantly. I, I'm sure um, I started with lots of the preconceptions around attention-seeking, around selfishness. Um, but, but you, you know, you, you, we learned endless, endless lessons every day. I learned lessons, and and the film's dedicated to my brother because I lost my brother to suicide while we were making the film. So those lessons became so real for me during the during the the production. And what's interesting is. You know, people go, oh, you lost your brother while you're making the film. But everybody I speak to, you know, every time I tell somebody I've made a film about suicide, they have a story to tell. It's ubiquitous and it's, sadly, it's all around. So whether it's people have lost a friend or a cousin or a, a 
colleague or whatever, it is a very present issue. And so it's, it's not just important, it's crucial that we break the silence, as it were. And I think we have. You've broken it wide open with this film. Um, we, we, our time is, is, is coming to an end, but Jazz, one of, the, one of the things we see happening is that you've taken this fight to the streets, your fight. You know, you, you saved yourself through the fight um, and you've taken it kind of to the streets, to the classrooms, to anywhere that people will listen to you and anywhere you're, you're asked to speak, but also internationally. Um, this is something that, that this film has made us very aware of is you know, a significant issue that we, we need to deal with better in our country. Tell us a little bit about the experiences where you've been invited to speak and travel and how the connections with other societies on, are around this question of you know, taking your own life. Um, I've had the, the honor of um, speaking with people from many, many different countries. Um, and you know, I've come to understand that suicide is not a New Zealand issue. It is a global issue. Um, and the statistics worldwide are horrendous. But what I've also found is that um, there are, you know, I, I think of uh, a guy that I know in Sierra Leone and in Africa, and over there, um, there are people who are struggling with mental health conditions that are shackled to concrete slabs. That's how they deal with it. Um, but there's this guy, Joshua, who has been through that himself, came out the other side, and now he's uh, at the forefront of Sierra Leone and trying to ban shackling over there. Um, and there's stuff like that happening all around the world where, you know, I'm doing this here in New Zealand, but there are people doing this everywhere. Um, I'm not the only one at all doing it, and I think it's really cool. Um, you know, we get, I get to work with, with a lot of them now across, um, you know, 15 countries and starting to talk together about going, okay, what's working in your country? What's working here? How do we take what you're doing? And there is lessons that I've learned from Sierra Leone that I'm like, we need to be doing that here in regards to community and then vice versa about what they can do to, you know, encourage government to change laws and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a global issue um, and it requires us all coming together to find the solution. This film I think is going to be a, an amazing tool we can you know subtitle it send it out it'll travel and it, it will travel I mean this is the world premiere um, it's the kind of film with its impact on your mind and impact on your heart that will go you know this is just the beginning of something that's going to travel and travel and travel and speak to a large number of people and I know that was all of your goals so thank you for the film one thing that I just wanted to reflect on is one of the um the meanings of our, our new identity, Fano Marama, is the family of light. And one of one of the um, the ideas behind that was that a film can provide a light by which we navigate our future. And this is one of those films. And Jessica's tree is out there too. So Jessica's tree is also Jessica's tree the is there as the well. So yeah, thank you for providing us light, something to like chart the way forward to understand better now. And thank you for the light that you are, Jess. Amazing. Jazz. Jazz. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I, um, I'm, I'm really, really honored to um, have been trusted to do this. And also, uh, if I can really quickly, there are a lot of people in this audience that um, I get to be here because of them. You know, this whole time that uh, cameras were following me, it was intense. And I had people, um, Wayne and Libby, who are up there, Esther. Um, there are a lot of people in the audience, including the police officer who physically saved my life uh, at one point. She is here. And there are many people in this room that are testament um, 
that, you know, by myself I could not have done this, but with a community of people, um, that's how we get through. And so thank you to everyone who is up there, Sam, Kathy, Jen. Um, I, I get to stand here because of you guys, so thank you. There are multiple more screenings of the film um, in Auckland and also around the country, as well as the online options. So if you enjoyed it, do feel free to tweet, etc. <laughs> or if you are under 25. <laughs> Instagram, TikTok, you know. <laughs>